Good evening, everybody. God bless you. God bless Welcome you, to Wednesday Prayer. Um, we're both out of the country at the moment, so we're doing this by way of video tonight. Uh, for those of you who were, who were here last Wednesday, we began just considering whether we need to have a review of our prayer ministry. I mean, our personal prayer ministry, as well as our collective prayer ministry as church and as churches. Uh, and it came after the Sunday, powerful Sunday, I think you will agree, a couple of weeks ago there where Pastor Atanasio was challenging me, challenging you, us, to look at our prayer and, and, and consider, you know, the men of history and how they uh, followed their prayer lives, etc. And on the Monday, what really came to me was this verse, which we know so well in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, when it describes the early church. And it gives us a really, you know, two-line, succinct description. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And what jumped out at me, I never quite uh, connected before, was the connection between teaching and prayer. And it was just like, that's what God wants me to talk about for at least a couple of weeks anyway in these Wednesday prayer, that we underpin our prayer with some form of teaching teaching about scripture, teaching about the prophetic that can add faith to our prayers. And that's an update. I mentioned in Glasgow, we had many doctors there, medical doctors, and they were always going on refresher courses and updates. And perhaps as churches, we don't do enough of that. So tonight is part two of our update as individuals and as a church, looking at how we pray, maybe the styles we've got into that are not particularly helpful or the belief systems that we've got that need to be revamped and renewed. We're part of Victory Family Centre Singapore, which is a radical missions church. Man, they plant churches all over the world and I've been dealing with teams of missionaries for decades now. And one common misconception within missionaries, like say we have a team here in London and they're going to Canada. One common misconception in a team like that is they don't have to do any preparation here because when they get there, they're going to be Superman of God. <laughs> Everything's going to change when I get off the plane. No, it's not going to change. You need to do your change now. And the little saying I came up with a few years ago was, you're going to enter the way you leave. So if I leave this room and I go in next door, I'm the same person. Nothing changes there. If I'm going to change, I need to change now, right? Agreed? The same with marriage. People want to get married, but you get a lot of resistance for the preparation for marriage. But you will enter as you leave. You will enter marriage in the same way you leave single life. Now, I say that because it's easy for us to get into the habit of entering a prayer meeting, of living our lives a certain way. And, 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 and seeing no need for any preparation to enter in to the next stage. And I want to challenge that thought. If I'm going to a prayer meeting, if I'm going into the presence of God, surely there's preparation needed. Surely there's a, a pause needed. And that's really the heart of what I want to begin with tonight anyway. Who first taught you to pray? What was the church? Think back. What was the church like? A lot of my early churches were so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. <laughs> who, who taught you to pray? What habits have you picked up? 
and just prepare yourself over the coming weeks to maybe unpack some of that and let God improve some of that. 38% of sicknesses in the human race can be traced back to birth, traced back to where everything began. And if I connect that to my prayer life, how much of the errors in my prayer, how much of the failures in my prayer can be traced back to what I was first taught? Perhaps it was okay, but not complete. And so that's really what we're about. I would remind you that the people who were closest to Jesus in Scripture, the people who saw him raise the dead, still the storm, give sight to the blind. These people came to Jesus one day and they said, Lord, teach us how to preach. <laughs> no. Lord, teach us how to work miracles. No. Lord, we need teaching on prayer. That is just astonishing. Those who were observing Jesus, the people close to him, they were watching him, they knew the source of everything is prayer. If we get the prayer bit, we'll get all the other bits automatically. Amen? And so they needed to come back and look at their prayer life and how to you know, re-energize that. We certainly do as well. So let me run through a few common errors that I see in prayer in churches and in individuals. A few common mistakes, and you can analyze yourself if there's any part of that in you. Mistake number one, and I've heard this in our own church here in London at least three times in the last four years. Remember, folks, God hears every prayer and God answers every prayer. Now, I know they may be saying yes, no, or maybe, but um, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that statement based on uh, what Psalm 66 verse 18, it says this. If I regard iniquity, if I'm hosting sin, if I have a secret plan in my heart, a bad plan, okay? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear my prayer. So no, not all prayers are even heard. God shuts it out of heaven. So be careful of that. I really don't like that one because if I believe that, I don't need to change anything. That's a damaging belief. No, not all prayers are heard, let alone answered. Number two, other people need to watch the way they speak. They shouldn't gossip, they shouldn't lie. But for me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the words that come out of my mouth, it doesn't really matter whether I'm negative about myself or I speak negatively about others. We can be very quick to judge others for their speech or their behavior or their negativity and yet, forgive ourselves, excuse ourselves, or believe that it doesn't affect us. Guys, negative speech is wrong in every case, okay? Gossip is wrong in every case. I have yet to encounter a worship team or a prayer team that is not susceptible to gossip. I have never had one. This is a very common foe. It goes with the territory. It's not just you. <laughs> it goes with this territory. It's part of the attack on this. It's your tongue. You pray with your tongue. You worship with your tongue. And so the devil seeks to attack what you say, not just about yourself, but also about other people. Hello, are you listening to me? This is how we progress in prayer. We get control of our tongue. The same tongue, remember, that we used to pray. Matthew chapter 7. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So if I'm using my tongue 
for bad purposes and then I come into a prayer meeting, you're deceiving yourself. You're talking to the wall. You're talking to the wall. There is no protocol there for entering the kingdom of God or for having your prayer answered, I guarantee you. So cleanse your tongue. Cleanse your speech. All prayers are answered? No way. Other people need to watch their speech, but I can do whatever I want with the way. No, 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 no. That applies to us. That applies to all of us, guys. Point number three. There are no protocols in prayer. I can just, you know, go in whatever way I want. I, I could give you countless scriptures uh, from the Bible about how Jesus himself obeyed the protocol of entering heaven. You know, Lord teaches how to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of myself, protocol, 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 all the way. He knew he was entering, he, he had come from there. So he knew the, the protocol that applies there. So no, there's not no protocol in the kingdom of heaven. There is a much protocol. And the better you understand that, the more powerful your prayers are going to be. Amen. Number four, little things don't matter. You know, tiny little, that's only a small little mistake. Well, there's one thing clear in scripture, little things do matter. Sadly, little things absolutely do matter. My, my gym instructor, Michael, some of you have met him. I remember one day getting really frustrated with him. We had one of those dumbbells, you know, with, with your arm, you know. And I was lifting it, you know, and he said, no, not like that. And then he would show me like this, you see. So I go, you know, he's got a dumbbell, I've got a dumbbell, and we're both doing it together. And he says, no, not like that, like this. <laughs> For the life of me, I cannot tell the difference between what he's doing and what I'm doing. The difference was minuscule. It was so small with the shape and the movement in my arm. But he was explaining to me, he said, Mike, that little difference makes the difference between those who lose weight and gain muscle and those who don't. That tiny little movement that you're making there actually changes everything. So it is with prayer. Tiny little things can cost you everything. So just by way of establishing principles as we did last week, we, we come with scripture, we come before a judge. We bring ourselves before the judge of all judges, the king of kings, with evidence and justification for our petitions. Amen? Adding to that today, no, all prayers are not answered. I want to make sure my prayers are answered. i got to control my tongue. There's lots of protocols and little things do matter. I want to say a few things before I hand over tonight. Um, a few things just about our prayer. I love these points. <coughs> they encourage me endlessly. The first thing I would say about prayer, <laughs> your prayer tonight can go where you cannot go. So here I am, I'm not in New York, but I can go to New York. That, that is mind-blowing. I had a friend in Cardiff, his name was Olaf, he was a German. He's a good friend of mine, a great Christian. And he was working in Wales, but, he, but his mother was actually dying in Germany. And he was very sad about that, she was not a Christian. And he would go and see her occasionally, and his constant prayer was, Lord, save my mother. Lords, and one day, Olaf gets a crystal clear word from God. And God said to him, you will know that your mother was saved before she dies. 
So he was just over the moon. He knows, he's, he knew the voice of God. He was a mature Christian. And he knew that was God. And he was so pleased. I'm going to know one day, I'm going to hear that she's born again. But one day, he got a phone call to say she was dead. And it, I remember his, he couldn't say that, he couldn't tell this testimony without breaking down and crying. He said, I got the phone call to say that she was dead and my faith crumbled. And I remember his exact words to me. He said, because I believed I heard from God and if I can't trust that voice, what can I trust? And his whole faith was shaken. He felt that he had not heard from God or there was no God. His whole world fell apart. And he went to Germany. It was several months later. He was clearing out his mother's apartment, tidying everything up. And the phone rang. And he just picked up the phone and said, hello. And the woman on the other end asked to speak to his mother. And he said, well, actually, I, I'm her son. And she died. And the woman was shocked on the phone and said, she died? She died? And they began to talk and the woman explained to Olaf, I was with your mother the night she died, but I had to go home. I was discharged. But before I, I was in this bed, she was in this bed. But before I left the ward, I led your mother to Christ. She received Christ. I can't believe that she died then, you know. And Olaf was so broken and so humbled and so repentant that he had doubted God. Hallelujah. He wasn't in Germany. <laughs> he was in Cardiff. His mother was in Germany. Prayer can go where you can't go. And my second point, it, it can reach places you can't reach, right? When I was in Singapore many years ago, 1997, I was doing a musical there. Yes, that's right. I was in a musical. <laughs> I was playing the part of Jesus. And in the rehearsals, that you know those cranes, those you know tall, thin cranes that rise up on a building to to do you know fix the roof or whatever. VFC had hired one of these, and it was just a small base, but it had a massive height on it. And I was going to stand in this, and it was the resurrection of Jesus. You see, they had it all dark below, so I was going to go up with the angels up up mm -hmm. out of the tomb. And anyway, I'm standing there and the director of the, music, the musical says, Mike, get in the crane. We need to do a rehearsal of this. So I stand in the crane and he pushes the button, you know, I go up in the sky, 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet. This is in an aircraft hangar. So I'm, I'm sky high when all of a sudden the person who owned the crane, who was a professional in operating the crane, came into the building. And I'll never forget it. He, he screamed out, don't move. <laughs> Nobody move. And he came over and he put the stabilizers. Our VFC staff didn't understand they needed stabilizers. He put the stabilizers out and he turned to the people and he said, I told you not to operate this without me here. You should not have done that. He could have fallen and been killed because the height was immense. But I remember thinking, thank God. Thank God that he, he spared my life. And that afternoon, I, I, I went home and I rang my first wife, Jeanette, who, who was in Dublin. And before I got the chance to speak, before I got the chance to say anything, I said, hello. And she said, I saw you. I saw you today. I saw you and you were so high. 
and you were in great danger and I prayed that God would protect I was shocked I was so shocked at that she's in Dublin I'm in Singapore I'm 7,000 miles away and that prayer reached me in that place I believe saved my life otherwise she wouldn't have had to pray right your prayers can go places tonight that you don't go that's fantastic you know, we have a litter picker. You know the guys who clean the streets? They have this little gun thing, this little stick, and they, they reach and they pick things. That's your prayer. Your prayer can reach beyond what you can. It's powerful. Thirdly, your prayer can deal with situations that are beyond your control. Goodness knows there's many situations in our life that are beyond our control. And I've shared this example once that I think in LFC, but I was tired. I was, I was working full-time for one church and I was being re-employed by another church. And these are Baptist churches, so like I'm, I have no authority or say within their structure. That's how it works. The elders decide. And there were two groups of elders. And I asked the first group, can I have three, three months off between churches? And they said, no. <laughs> so I asked the second group, could I have three months off your side? They said, no. So I've got to go like, you know, finish on Sunday and come in on Monday morning in the second church with no break. And I was very tired at this time. And it was our final meeting before signing off the transition. I was moving from church to church and all the elders were meeting together in a house. And I was on my way to the house. Bringing a petition before God is a powerful thing. I tell you, can change anything. What situation do you think is beyond your control? That situation was totally out of my hands. But it's not out of God's hands, I tell you. It was so dark that night, and I was on the, it's on a beach, the seaside, it was a seaside town where the meeting was being held. I remember pulling over beside the waves coming in, and I sat there in that car. I, God, I've got no control over this. All I know is I'm tired. That's all I know. I'm very tired. And I've been working hard, right? This is my petition. This is my justification. I've been working hard, and I want time with you. I want to recharge my batteries and then we'll go, any chance you could talk to these guys for me and get, you know, get me that break? So I go in the meeting and all the elders, quite stern Baptists, are sitting around. But the boss is not there, Roy James. He was going to chair the meeting and make the decisions. <clears throat> and eventually Roy arrives late. And I remember he had his notes, he had his Bible, and he walked in. He did not sit down. He, did, he would not sit down. This guy looked as if he had just seen something or had some experience. He walked in and he said, gentlemen, Mike is having three months off. <laughs> he said, God has spoken to me. Mike is having three months off. And it was all, I'm not going to talk about it. We're not going to have a discussion. He's having, I thought, hallelujah. <laughs> Prayer can change circumstances that you will never change. And by the way, don't use witchcraft to change things when you're not getting your own way. Hello? Don't be a witch. Don't. Don't be a witch. Don't, don't get involved in witchcraft. The definition of witchcraft is when I'm not getting my way, I choose to use other things. Control, manipulation, domination, behind the scenes, control, manipulation. That's witchcraft. Don't, you, you don't need to do that. They're not your tools. They're the tools of darkness. Have nothing to do with them. So on the way to that meeting, of course it's a temptation to me. I could call this up. Hey, could you help me and persuade? Hey, this is all manipulation. This is control behind the scenes. I will have nothing to do with it. Do you know who I'll talk to? I'll talk to God. I'll talk to God. 
I am obeying my leaders, Lord. I'm coming to you. I'm not going to men. I'm not going to Egypt for my help. The definition of witchcraft? Trying to control anything or anybody by any other means than the Holy Spirit. The definition of witchcraft? Trying to control anybody or anything by any means other than the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to hand over right now uh, to our prayer leader tonight. But just a, a quick recap. All our prayers are not answered. Let's make sure our prayers are because we pray with protocol. i got to watch my tongue just like everybody else. There is much protocol in entering heaven. Every little things matter. But the glory is my prayers can go tonight where I can't. They can reach places I can't reach. And what seems impossible for me is not impossible for God. Let's bring our petitions before God together. May God bless you. And God we'll see you, you soon. Bye-bye.